In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read a few verses from Hebrews chapter 12, starting from verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight path for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. Amen. In the beginning, I like uh, to wish you all a very blessed and happy Saint Ruiz Feast. Also, tomorrow is the 21st of Baba, Coptic month, and every 21st we memorize, commemorate uh, the Mother of God, Saint Mary. And also, tomorrow is the commemoration of Jewel the Prophet. Uh, Saint Ruiz was just a regular human being. He was not a monk. He was not a clergyman. He was just a very, a very simple human being. He loved God and he obeyed his commandments. So his righteousness was manifested, manifest to everybody. And everybody spoke about his righteous life, his holy life, he became an example to uh, many people to follow his footsteps. Also, he became a father to many patriarchs and bishops and monks and priests, although he himself uh, was not in any rank or degree of the priesthood. Uh, we ask the Lord to give us the grace as he gave to St. Louis and to open our hearts to receive this grace in our heart so that, so that we can live peaceful life in holiness and righteousness. And one factor that helps us to grow in the righteous way and to run the race and to pursue holiness is when we support one another. As we read in Hebrews chapter 12, he said, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That's why the church is like a hospital in which the hands which hang down and the feeble knees are strengthened. Also, in the church, the limb will not be dislocated, rather will be healed, as St. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 12. 
the beginning of chapter 12, St. Paul spoke about running the race. Uh, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, aside every, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So, we are actually running the race. Running the race. And in verse 12 that we read it tonight, St. Paul started by saying, therefore. The word therefore means St. Paul is calling us to make or take an action. Therefore is a call to action. He told us, therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. And I want you to imagine if you are running, if you are running, what will happen? When you get tired, your arm actually starts to drop down and your knees start to hurt. So while St. Paul is speaking about let us run the race, he has in his mind the image of a person running the race. That's why he said, strengthen the feeble arms or the arms that hang down and the weak knees. Especially, he wrote this to Hebrews. Hebrews are Christian from Jewish background. And when, as he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Jews persecuted them. So they were facing persecution. Some of them returned back to Judaism and others were considering returning back to Judaism. So he wrote to them this letter as if he is telling them in our spiritual life we are running the race. So don't get tired. Don't get weary. Keep on running the race of faith. Keep on running the race of faith. So he is saying to them, to the Christians, from those who converted from Judaism, now you have feeble arms, and now you have weak knees. You need to strengthen yourself in order to continue running the race of faith. This happened to all of us. Sometimes we feel we are tired. 
I am tired from fighting against this sin. I have been fighting this sin for so many years. And now I still have no victory over this sin. I am tired. I cannot keep my spiritual canon. I tried and I tried, but I have no, I have no desire to pray. I have no desire to go to church. I have no desire to uh, read the scripture. I have no desire to run the race. Also, when we see the evil around us, and when we see people from among us became atheists or drifted from the right way and started to adopt wrong theology or wrong philosophy or sinful lifestyles, we feel that we are tired. So, what will help us in order to strengthen ourselves? What are the practical steps that we need to take in order to strengthen ourselves? As he said, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. The first thing actually that will help us is to worship together. Coming to the church and worshiping together is very, very important. And I give it actually priority even over your spiritual canon. And I will explain why. Sometimes when you are trying to pray in your room, you don't have desire. And maybe you pray for two minutes, three minutes, and then you feel bored and you cannot continue. But here when we get together, we encourage one another. We encourage one another. And that's why I think St. Paul understanding the weakness in, uh, in the Hebrews, that's why in, in chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, he told them, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. So he's telling them, I see among you people start to quit coming to the church, to quit attending our assemblies together, to quit attending our worship together. Maybe that is the only letter in which St. Paul mentioned not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. So, St. Paul is telling us, if you cannot pray in your room, if you cannot pray in your inner room, come to the church. You will be actually supported 
with the assembly of the believer, this will encourage you. When you get this encouragement in the church, you will go back to your inner room in your house, then you will be motivated to pray by yourself. But we need to attend the worship with the right mindset. Sometimes we come to the church not with the right mindset. We come just as a routine or as a sort of superstition or because Abuna told us to come and attend or our parents asked us to come to the church, you will not benefit. But when we come to the church willingly, joyfully, with enthusiasm, then actually this will help me to get motivated and my arms will be strengthened and my knees will be strong. Then when I go to my house, to my home, I need actually to spend time in devotion. Time devoted to prayer and studying the scripture. I got the motivation from the assembly of the believers here. So when I go home, I start praying using my Agbeya understanding that praying with the Agbeya helps in healing my arms and my knees, will strengthen my muscles, my spiritual muscles. Hearing the word of God and studying the scripture and keeping them in my heart, as David said, I hid your word in my heart, lest I sin against you. All these things actually will help me to strengthen the feeble arms and the weak knees. Beside prayer, Bible, attending the church and attending the worship, we need to have support system. Support system in our spiritual struggle. St. Paul started chapter 12 by saying, since we have this cloud of witnesses surrounding us. What is the cloud of witness? The saints, the heroes of faith, St. Mary, Prophet Joel, St. Ruiz, all these saints are the cloud of witness surrounding us. So he said, since we have this support system, these saints who are interceding on my behalf and praying for me, let us run the race with strength. Also, we need to surround ourselves with godly people. 
not only the cloud of witnesses, but godly people around us. If we live a dual life, we come to the church, and once we leave the church, we surround ourselves with ungodly people, people of the world. This, as St. Paul said, bad company corrupts good morals. This bad company, this ungodly atmosphere will quench the spirit inside us. This fire that you get it in the church will be quenched once you surround yourself with ungodly people. That's why we need to surround ourselves with godly people. Another thing actually that will help me to strengthen the feeble arms and the weak knees is to live life of thanksgiving and to quit the complaining spirit. When you stop complaining, when you stop being critical, when you rejoice in the Lord, the, in Nehemiah chapter 8 we read, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you rejoice in the Lord, this will strengthen you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. People in the Old Testament, during the time of Isaiah, they were very discouraged. They were down, disappointed depressed, enemies are oppressing them, their kings and even their priests were ungodly. Even Isaiah told them about a judgment, a coming judgment on them and exile. So they needed some encouragement. So in Isaiah chapter 35, Isaiah made a connection between the joy in the Lord and the weak hands and the feeble knees. He said to the people, I want you to rejoice in the Lord because the Lord is the hope of the hopeless. The Lord is the help of the helpless. Even when everything around you seems hopeless and helpless, but have trust in the Lord. And what you will see, Isaiah 30, chapter 35, verse 1, the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. 
The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Then he told them, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. The same words that St. Paul used word by word in Hebrews chapter 12, the same words were used by Isaiah in Isaiah 35 verse 3. Isaiah said, when you rejoice, your hands will be strong, your knees will be strong. Then said in, in verse 4, Say to those who are fearful, fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Don't worry. Don't be afraid from the evil around you. Your God will come and save you. Have faith and hope in God. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 13, he spoke about, so the lame will not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Part of the healing process is to rejoice in the Lord. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So, and the rest of the chapter is, is beautiful. Let me read the, the last verse in chapter 35 from Isaiah. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. No more sorrow, no more sighing. So, Isaiah said to the people, the victory is ahead. God is coming to save you. Be strong. Don't fear. Your God will come to save you. This actually will give us encouragement when we feel that we are discouraged, our knees are hurting, our hands are dropping down. No, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Then in verse 13 from Hebrews chapter 12, St. Paul said another commandment after he told us, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, he told us, 
Make straight path for your feet. Make a straight path for your feet. So that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. What does this mean? Make a straight path. When you are driving, when actually, if you are sleepy or tired, then you pass or you cross from one lane to another, not only you are risking your own life, but those driving around you, also you risk their life. So, they will tell you, drive in your lane. Don't cross into the lane next to you. Don't drive while you are tired, so you will be wavering from one lane to another. That's exactly what St. Paul is telling them. Make a straight path for your feet. Walk in the straight way. Don't cross to other lanes. What are other lanes? For the Hebrews, the other lane was Judaism. People start to go back to Judaism and some are considering to convert back to Judaism. So as if he's telling them, avoid going back, avoid the lane of Judaism. It will not save you. If the old covenant was able to save you, then Christ came with no reason, as he explained in chapter 8. If the old covenant was able to save you, there was no need for a new covenant. But for us, what does this mean? Make straight path for your feet. Means don't cross into the lane of the world with its pleasures, with its temptations. That's why the church in every liturgy reminds us don't love the world or the things that are in the world. Don't keep changing lanes back and forth between the world and between Christ. This duality of life is not right. Changing lanes is a common practice in weddings. We come and pray and worship the Lord with holiness in the church. And then we go to the reception and we change from the lane of the Lord to the lane of the world with all the ungodly practices. This actually cannot strengthen your arms and your knees. 
Also, you will be a stumbling block for those who are around you. As a person who is going back and forth and driving from one lane to another lane can be a high risk to those around him. Uh, the same commandment we read it in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 and 26. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. That is the way of the Lord. Don't go to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from, the, from evil. When Moses died and Joshua, his disciple, took the responsibility of leading the people, he was afraid. So God told him in Joshua chapter 1 verse 7, Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Unfortunately, many times we go back and forth. During the time of St. Paul, there was no concrete or cars. There was chariots. So these chariots or, or, or the cars that the carrot that they were using. When they drive it, actually, this chariot left marks on the ground. So people can follow the marks if they want to reach the same destination. So here, I have two questions for each one of us. The first one, in which lane you are driving? In the lane of the Lord or in the lane of the world? Or you are going back and forth? And the second question, what are the footprints or what are the marks that you are leaving to your children and your grandchildren, to your disciples, to people who look at you as a role model, as an example. Are you leaving for them 
a straight path or path that is unclear for them whether it is the lane of the world or the lane of Christ. When St. Paul told us, make a straight path for your feet, not only for ourselves, but also for others. As I told you, the church is like a hospital. That's why he said, one of the purpose of making a straight path for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. If somebody in the church is limping, meaning he is not strong in his faith, and so me, a clergyman, or a deacon, or a Sunday school servant, or a respectable member in the church, going back and forth then he will be I will be a stumbling block for him so this person who is limping he's lame finally will be dislocated dislocated from the church completely he is stuck in the lane of the world and never come back so are we making the atmosphere of the church a healing atmosphere to others or not? If you are running in a race, as St. Paul said in the beginning of the chapter, you know, when they run in a race, each one has his own lane. If you start to jump between one lane and another lane, what will happen? Actually, he will become a stumbling block for those running around him. The same word, lame, that he used in, in verse 13, the same word was used also in the Old Testament in First King chapter 18. Maybe in, in the Arabic is clearer. وبيقول لكي لا يعتسف الأعرق الأعرق مين اللي استخدم الكلمة دي في العهد القديم الأعرق لما لي لهم لا تعرقوا بين الفرقتين نفس الكلمة the same word how long you will falter between two opinions the word falter in the Septuagint and the word lame in the book of, of uh, Hebrews are the same word. 
بين الفرقتين. I'm sure you know the story when the people were worshiping God and worshiping Baal in the same time. Elijah told them no. How long you will falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But don't go back and forth. So, Elijah accused the people of wavering between two opinions. He accused the people also of going lame. Because when you falter between two opinions, you are not running here and you are not running here. So as if you are limping in both lanes. These are the people who have problem making a commitment to God. People who cannot decide whether they follow God or they follow the world. The lame people are those who try to have it both ways. So when me, a Christian, running the race of faith, are not making a straight path, I'm not only risking my own salvation, but I am making a stumbling block for others. Some of us will say, I, I know my limits, I, I know my boundaries. Especially when it comes to issues like, for example, drinking. I, I know my limits. And they will start arguing about whether this right or wrong. But St. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, he said there are two laws, the law of knowledge and the law of love. The law of knowledge will say, I am strong, I know my boundaries, so why others will judge my freedom. So I will do what I believe is right, not considering the lame person around me. But at the end, this lame person will stumble because of me. Even if I do not sin, if I do not cross my boundaries, but the lame person will stumble because of me. That's why St. Paul said there is another law, it's called the law of love, not the law of knowledge. Law of knowledge, anybody can argue, anybody. But the law of love says, if food will offend my brother, I will not eat meat forever in order not to offend my brother.
So, here actually, sometimes we are stumbling blocks to our brethren. We are not making the community of the church a healing community. God's economy to have a church, so when a lame person enters into the church, being surrounded with godly people, he will be healed. So let us make straight path for our feet. So the lame may be healed and renewed. So the person who is limping between two opinions see our life of faith, see our joy in worship, see our spiritual fervor, see our commitment in the face of trials and tribulations, see that we are continuing in our faith regardless of the evil around us. So these people who are limping will be able to make a commitment to live with God and their life will be renewed. So we can be a stumbling block to others or can be a source of encouragement and motivation and inspiration to others. It is your choice. It is how you choose to live your life. Either you choose it to offend the other and to make the lame stumble or to choose your life in a way to motivate and inspire others to make heartly commitment to God. So, in summary, St. Paul, his message to us tonight, we are running a race. If our hands get tired, if our knees get hurt, we need to strengthen ourselves through worship, through devotion, through the sacraments of the church, through the cloud of witnesses, through rejoicing in the Lord, through seeing our hope in God. Then we need to make our path, spiritual path, straight. We should not cross from one way to another. But don't turn to the right or left from the way of the Lord. Keep your eye on his commandments. Don't turn to evil. Not only you will be saved, but also you will be a source of motivation, inspiration, and encouragement to others.
as we see in the life of the saints, like Amber Ways, like Jude the Prophet, like Saint Mary, Mother of God, like all the saints. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.